Talk to me no matter what you feel. Hi, my name is Scott Anderson. You've reached my podcast. Thank you, first of all, for listening. Always appreciate and welcome all listeners. It's a wonderful thing when you listen. Uh, and of course, talk to me, a song I wrote many years ago. So kind of fitting that I'm talking to you. Um, although it was kind of a song about communication in the sense that it was somebody telling the other person, hey, you can tell me anything. Just, you know, just talk. Uh, talking is so important. But anyway, uh, my podcast, as always, uh, sponsored by two sponsors. Uh, the first sponsor is Danny and the Corporate Ladder. Sometimes in life you meet somebody that is so amazing, so incredible, so cool, so nice, so good. You think that person is a fake. And then you find out they're better than you thought they were. Danny and the Corporate Ladder is available now in bookstores, ebook stores, and in the next 60 or so days, maybe a little less, maybe in time for your, for your Christmas reading or Christmas playing uh, pleasure, it will be available in audiobook stores. So currently in an ebook or paperback form and coming soon in audiobook uh, to a store near you. Because, you know, literally it's on your computer and you log in and it's right there by you, right? So I guess it's always going to be near you. Danny and the Corporate Ladder. The other sponsor is Creative Technology and Innovation, a company founded on the concept of improving and helping organizations make better decisions. Okay, so uh, kind of a, you know, hodgepodge as it were, uh, blog I'm going to focus first on. The concepts I'm, I'm talking about in my uh Hub pages article as always, and then I'm gonna I go a little bit uh, a little bit abnormal as it were for me. I'm gonna kind of go a little further off uh, off off kilter, off track, off. Uh, well, I guess I'm always off my rocker as it were, but uh, you know you get the idea conceptually. I'm I'm gonna gonna take a wild goose chase. So first, uh, as always, published my hub pages article, and, and I'm talking about. Um, the age that we're entering. One of the things that always worries me, right, is the pundits say, we are in the information age. Yeah, we're not in the information age. The reason we're not in the information age is that I literally cannot go and get all the information that exists by typing a query into my computer, right? There's information that still exists that is outside of that digital world. Uh, and as long as there is a divide, right, what's digitized and what's not digitized, we're not in the age of information. Because in the age of information, I can get anything I want at my fingertips, right? I can put on my uh, Quest 3 headset uh, and I can uh, interact with, uh, you know, the library of, of Alexandria. Uh, and I can see that information and I can go uh, read the ancient scrolls, right? I, that's that's the future, right? That's the, the information age. When we get to that point where, you know, information has that ubiquity uh, that it doesn't have today. So anyway, I get I get frustrated because analysts call it the information age. It's not yet. We're still in the age, really, of, of digital transformation, moving into the age of automation. And when we get into the age of automation, we're going to start seeing some things changing. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to launch model rockets. It was one of my favorite things to do. I did it with my dad. Um, I did it, um, you know, I did it a couple times with my grandparents. Um, that was me doing 100% of the work and, and my grandparents kind of cheering or egging or whatever, 
you know, whatever they did, they weren't really intrigued by it. Um, but I do remember getting, uh, getting in the speedboat and zipping out to the lake and, and rescuing my, uh, rocket that didn't quite make it all the way across the lake. The goal was make it all the way across the lake, uh, Lake Ripley in, in, uh, Southern Wisconsin. I was almost there. I made it all the way to kind of the gookie marshy area on the far side of the lake. So I made it about 750, 800, know, probably about a half mile, not quite enough to make it all the way across the lake. But anyway, the the point being, right, I've always been interested in, you know, kind of imagery from above and below. I've always been interested in the water, in drones, in flying, and looking down upon the world that I live in, you know, to kind of see it from a different perspective. And that's the age of personal exploration. You can today go buy a drone, a remotely operated vehicle, and a connected telescope, all three of those. You can do that for probably 1500 U.S., um, maybe a little bit less than 1500 U.S. So the reality is you can get all three of those things for about $1,500 U.S., which is a lot of money. In a lot of parts of the world, that's, that's a year's salary. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not, you know, it's not, ch- I'm not saying it's cheap. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, from a realistic perspective, what it costs today versus what it cost 10 years ago is a total difference. I mean, you, you can get um, a drone that can land on water, take pictures underwater, um, lift off from the water, you know, all of that. You can buy one of those, uh, what used to be a, a commercially available drone. You can get that for, for a significant amount less money. And the same is true for connected telescopes. And you can build your own connected telescope, by the way. Uh, you don't get the automation and the software, but you get everything else. Uh, but the concept is, right, what you can explore and how far you can explore and where you can look and what you can see is huge now compared to where it was just 15 years ago, just 20 years ago. I mean, when I was growing up, which is more than 20 years ago now, but when I was growing up, you know, I really wanted the Estes rocket kit that took pictures, Um my dad wisely convinced me not to get it. Um, I would have spent most of the money I had at the time. And I would not have ever been happy with the images, right? Because if the camera was dangling at the end of a parachute, it uh, wasn't going to be a good picture. And you couldn't get video, right? You were only getting still pictures taken in a linear fashion. Uh, so it, it kind of was one of those things where, yeah, I could have, but it wouldn't have been cool. Now with the drone, I can launch it. It goes up, right? And the same for an ROV. But you know, being a futurist and being someone that looks to the future, one of the things I did want to do with my, um, you know, examination of this concept of personal exploration was to take the next step, right? Look, what's coming next? And what's coming next, if you think about it, is those systems controlled by machine intelligence, where the machine intelligence system is going to be able to manage and control your telescopic viewing, right? It's going to literally, when you are carrying it out and you turn it on, it's going to pop up with a message that says, look, you, because of light pollution, will only be able to see Saturn and Jupiter tonight, right? You're not going to see anything else, um, right? Or you can say, I want to take pictures of the moon over 40 days and then compile that into a, you know, into a compiled video, right? I, so it can do that for you as well. Um, and, and it knows, you know, kind of where everything is. It knows the positioning. One of the things that I struggle with sometimes in positioning my telescope, or at least I did in the past, was I got, you know, I got 
easily confused um, north and south, apparently. Uh, left foot, right foot, north and south. Those, those, those are the things that get me, right? Um, so now with the, with the system, I can literally in an automated fashion get that. And when in the future... I'll have a, a an intelligent agent that's going to be able to help me even further. And the same is true for an ROV. You know, an ROV lets you go deep in the water, 250 feet with a, a simple tethering system. You can buy a more structured and managed 500-foot uh, system if you want. But for the most part, 250 feet takes you to the bottom of most uh, bodies of water. You can't go much below 500 feet with a consumer-grade, uh, you know, ROV remotely operated vehicle but you know you've got this concept now this ability to go underwater and all of those in a in a managed machine intelligence way will get you you know information it gets you visibility it'll let you see above your own head it'll let you see below the surface of the water uh it'll let you interact with space itself so all of those things are cool and machine intelligence is going to make them 10 times better now kind of you know, kind of a high horse. I wanted to end today um, with, you know, I'm a huge Indiana University sports fan, and I wanted to give a shout out uh, to the Indiana University men's soccer team, which won their 14th Big Ten title um, on Sunday. Now, 14 Big Ten titles doesn't seem like many, but soccer's only been a, a sport that got a title in the Big Ten uh, since roughly the 1970s so roughly 45 years uh so basically one out of every three big 10 titles in the last 45 years has been won by indiana university so that's kind of cool uh they have the most by any uh, by any big 10 school by a significant amount which is really kind of a fun thing so c- congratulations and kudos to the indiana university uh, men's uh, soccer team and on that happy note my name is scott anderson Thank you for listening to my podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day.